In today's podcast episode, it's all about delivering a presentation. Let's go! Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Welcome back, everybody. How's it going? Russell Westcott here. So, wow, January, just cranking it out. So when this will be launching will be January 23rd, Tuesday, January 23rd. So depending on when you're listening to it, if you've just discovered the podcast, uh, maybe it could even be years later. Um, just remember, this was launched in early January 2024, January 23rd, 2024 was when this one came out. So and this is episode number, oh, geez, 187. Wow, we're coming close to 200 episodes on the old podcast here. And uh, first of all, thank you, everybody, for the wonderful feedback and wonderful comments and and sharing the show and sharing it out to people that in in the real estate circles, people that will get some value from listening to this. Now, speaking of getting some value, this is one of those episodes is deep in value. Now, don't get me wrong. Every episode I try to bring out, that's actually the lens that I look through is will this episode bring value to the people listening to it? This one right here is uh, um, a masterclass. Um, so a couple stories to back back up. Um, uh, it was probably about a year ago, I delivered a live presentation to an audience. And um, it was all about how to deliver a presentation. Yeah, how, how meta is that a presentation on how to deliver a presentation, which the ability to be able to stand in front of an audience, stand in front of a room full of people and deliver a presentation is a skill set and one that you need to master. But more on that in a second. So I was at this event. And, um, I wasn't feeling it for, for whatever reason, you know, sometimes you just don't have, um, you try your best to, to deliver the best experience. And I think I shared in this episode as well, but you know, we had AV challenges, um, it just, nothing really worked. And I tried my hardest to just kind of pull it together. And after I analyzed the film and analyzed what I had done, um, it was less than my best effort. It really was. Um, as, and it wasn't about trying. It wasn't about intention. It wasn't about preparation. It just, it just fell flat. It really did. So what I ended up doing was the next day after reviewing it, I said, you know what? Let's turn on the old cameras. Let's turn on the microphone in the studio. Let's control it. Control the uncontrollable. Russ, you're a winner. You're a champion at what you do. You, you've touted yourself as uh, you know, a person who can deliver a presentation and be, uh, and be world-class at it. So let's re-deliver the presentation in the studio environment. And that's what you're about to listen to. So what I did was I went into the studio the next day. Um, cranked up all the lights and cranked up the camera and delivered this presentation that you're about to listen to. Now, understand, um, we did our best to eliminate things like, you know, look at this graph and look at this slide. This was delivered um, via presentation style with images and PowerPoint presentations and all that kind of stuff. But we did our best to make it very relevant for you just listening to it. And, and you will find that it is 100% relevant. Okay, so that is what this presentation is all about. Now, speaking about learning this as a skill set. Now, if you've been listening along on my podcast throughout the years, 
you've heard maybe a presentation uh, or a webinar I delivered with uh, Jesse James, or maybe one that I have done myself a couple times. The the ability to be able to communicate a message to one on one, one to few, one to many, one to thousands is one of, in my opinion, one of the most important skill sets that you need to master. Now, the reason why I say this is because it's that one skill set that a lot of people are actually afraid to do. It's that one thing that many people just fear doing that just will not do it. They can analyze a property, they're master operators, they're visionaries at what they do, but being able to stand up in front of another person and they get all flustered and start having the big giant sweats and everything just falls apart and they just are not able to do that. So my personal opinion, if you can master this skill set, the skill set of being able to and uh, deliver an intended message to a room full of people, to a group of people, to inspire people into moving forward, inspire people into taking action, inspire people into helping themselves move forward. That is a skill set that you can add value to other people. And truly, if you really master this skill set, that is a business within this within the business. You potentially could master this skill set partner and collaborate with somebody who maybe has the properties, partner with somebody who has the operation experience, partner with somebody who has all the um, expertise and the land positions and real estate properties and all that kind of stuff. And you could sit there and you go, I have the skill set to be able to help people move forward. um, And I can, you know, inspire people into action and I can take this, um, I can help you within your business. So Really lean into this one, you know, on top of also all the things you're learning within real estate, real estate, this ability to be able to deliver a intended message to a group of people to even to a one on one person is a very valuable skill set. Okay. And with all that being said, please enjoy this upcoming presentation. Hey gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott here, so welcome back. Um, Here's the thing, a little bit of back context to this presentation I'm delivering. I did this in a live workshop environment. I did it in front of a a live audience. You know, go figure, another live audience again. And after I was done, you know, there were some challenges and I wasn't on my game that I felt I wasn't on my game. I had a healthy dissatisfaction that I did not deliver a really good presentation. You know what? I, I I was not happy with it, but a healthy dissatisfaction. So what I decided to do was to clean up the presentation, clean up my messaging, clean up a lot of that information, get the old cameras out, get the lights on and and deliver this presentation for you. All right. I wanted to do it better and I wanted to get you a better experience. I want to tighten it up and I want to, you know, I always continually want to elevate my game. I want to make sure that each and every one of you gets an amazing experience within this context of real estate. And if you were at that live event, um, you get a chance to watch it again, right? But this time we'll do it from a standpoint of uh, context within the studio. And I'm going to deliver you a presentation on how to deliver a presentation. Hey, how, how, how meta is that, if you will, right? You know, a presentation on how to deliver a presentation. So maybe you can train people on how to deliver presentations. Wow, how circular is that? So gang, 
we're gonna have a lot of fun with this presentation here today. This one is all about helping you be able to be a credible real estate investor. Today, the, in this presentation, my promise to you is as follows. My promise to you is, is this, is that I want to provide you with the, a powerful presentation framework to help you close more investors. A powerful presentation framework to help you help more investors. Sounds like a pretty daunting promise, right? Pretty daunting task, especially if some of you are going, Russ, I never want to give a presentation. I, I remember back in my high school days and I had to deliver a presentation. Uh, I survived. That was, that was my experience of presentations. And ever since then, I've been hiding from delivering a presentation, if you will. Okay, so that's a pretty big and bold promise for each and every one of you here tonight. But we're going to dive headfirst into it. And here's the cool thing is this is part one of a presentation. There's a second presentation where I'm actually going to give you my slide deck. I'm going to give you the slide deck uh, presentation package on helping you to be able to deliver a presentation as well. Okay, now if this was a live environment, and we're also going to do this, and we're going to have some fun with this uh, here as well. What I want you to do for me is I want you to grab your camera, okay? I want you to grab your devices, your camera, if you will, and I want you to take a selfie. Maybe take a selfie with uh, in front of this uh, slide right here. Take a selfie in front of it. And I want you to be able to post that on social media. Learning on how to help more real estate investors get into some really wonderful cash flow performing real estate. So maybe pause this video, take a selfie, post it out there and tag me in there. You can tap into my social media if you tag me on my social media channels and you get to tap into all the work that I've done on social media as well. So there's lots of wonderful things you can do with that uh, there as well. Okay, so let's dive into this. Um, if this is the first time you've maybe seen me or maybe you've uh, seen a presentation I've done in the past or maybe you've watched my pod, my YouTube channel or a podcast episode. Hello, everybody. My name is Russell Westcott. You know what? I help real estate investors start, grow and scale the real estate investing portfolio of their dream. First and foremost, I'm an investor. Right. I truly am an investor. I'm in the market every single day investing in real estate. I'm an author. I'm a coach. I help people move forward, help people build their investment portfolio, whether you want to do it yourself or maybe you want to get involved in a turnkey uh, investment opportunity. So that's how I can help you move forward with that. But here's the thing. And I think I shared this uh, story at a live event recently. Uh, I remember, you know, I, I used to have this. I used to work in the wine industry. And I had a boss that would, every time he would walk into a, a wine tasting, now picture this for him, right? You know, you walk into a wine tasting, there's glasses all around, there's bottles of wine everywhere, and there's just, you go in there and you do some wine tasting to sample the new bottles of wine. And every single time he would walk into that room, he would sit there and goes, oh, oh, so much wine. Oh, so little time. And that's what we're going to talk about here. So what does that message mean for you here is we have so much wine to pour, so much amazing content. I have so much amazing content to pour and have you sample it and taste it, but we don't have all the time in the world, right? So what I'm going to do for you here today is we're going to just take one portion of a process. Um, to become a master of raising other people's capital truly is a lifetime experience. It truly is. It's one of those things that you will forever 
ever be learning. I, honest to goodness, every single day, every single conversation I have, because I'm truly obsessed with this. I want to learn how to be better. I want to learn how to help more people. I want to learn how to present better. I learn more about myself as a real estate investor. I learn more about the whole process. But understand that in this 45 to an hour presentation, I cannot give you everything I know from 20 plus years of doing this and being re relentlessly obsessed with becoming a professional real estate investor that raises capital. I can't do that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you one part of the process and we're going to go really deep. We're going to take a deep dive into that one part of the process. But understand that this is a process, okay? This isn't just one of those things that you just can't have one Zoom call or one presentation and you know everything about it. You know, the analogy I use quite often is a lot of people say is, well, you know, just teach me everything you know about this topic X in one, two conversations. Well, would you be able to learn everything it would take to be able to fly an airplane? That would be like learning. Let's go. I want to learn how to fly an airplane. Okay. Well, how about two Zoom calls? Right. Two Zoom calls. Sure, I can teach you something on how to fly an airplane, but you would probably not feel too comfortable about getting out there and doing that. But just understand this is part of a process and the process you want to do is mastery of this skill. But I can give you enough here today to whet your appetite for some curiosity to deep dive into the next step for it. OK, so here's a four part process and I'm going to walk you through and I'm just going to talk touch on one of them here today. Step one is you want to generate leads. Step two is you want to qualify leads. Step three is you want to present and construct offers, presenting offers. And then step four is you close quickly and, and repeat as many times as you possibly can. And what we're going to do here today is we're going to dive deep into the presentation of the offer. That's what we're going to dive deep into here today. Okay, so here's everybody is on the screen. What you can see is there's a firefighter and um, there's an acronym of FIRE. Bring the fire. I'm, I'm a big believer in, in acronyms. I'm a big believer in being able to, you know, to bring the fire, if you will. Woo-wee! getting hot in here, right? With bringing the fire. And sometimes when you bring the fire, you know what happens when you bring some fire? A bomb or two comes dropping, right? So, ooh. <coughs> so we're going to have some fun here today. And the first acronym that I'm going to share with you is the FIRE acronym. This is a presentation format that I want to share with each and every one of you is in the FIRE acronym, which I will talk a little bit about this as we go along. And this is something, this is a cornerstone. This is a non-negotiable whenever I put together any kind of presentation, whether it's a presentation to a mortgage broker, whether it's a presentation to an investor, whether it's a, uh, you know, a communication with, uh, you know, a, a teenage daughter that's wanting to have 50 people over for a, um, for a birthday party and you haven't have a negotiation. That's a high level, high power, high stressful negotiation. So the FIRE acronym is the F stands for feeling, the I stands for intention, the R stands for reflect upon, what do you think about, and then the E stands for execution, call to action, what is the steps that they want to do from there. Okay, so think about this for a second. Any communication that you want to do with another person is you want to leave them feeling something. 
What is the feeling you want them to have? The intention is what is the intention you have for them? Not your intention. You're clear on your intention and you know why you want to do it. But what is the intention for them? What do you want them to think about? And what do you want them to do as a call to action at the end of the presentation, at the end of the communication? Now, I use this analogy at the live event and I like to use it quite often is let's say and I usually call on in the audience. I would get a mortgage broker to say stand up. Is there a mortgage broker in the audience? Yeah, is anyone a mortgage broker? Is anyone a mortgage broker watching this video? If you are, wherever you're watching it, probably maybe on YouTube or whatever, type in there, I'm a mortgage broker with blah, blah, blah company. Okay, type that in there for me. Um, here's the thing. If I was walking into a mortgage broker, whether it's Zoom, whether it's on the phone or whether it's in person, let's start getting back to in person again here. Um, I would sit down and I'd say, okay, what's the feeling I want to have with for that mortgage broker? What's their feeling I want to leave them with? After I've walked out of that room, what is their feeling? For example, if you're wanting to go into a mortgage broker, what would be some of the feelings you want a mortgage broker to have? You want them to feel that uh, confident in you. They want to feel that you're a credible uh, investor. They want to feel that, oh, you know what? I, I often visualize that the person's going, high five, this is going to be a slam dunk, you know, an easy file to work on. Somebody has got all their documents in a row. This one is going to be an, an easy one. A mortgage broker typically only gets paid if they fund deals. And if you walk into them and you give them confidence that you're credible, that you have all the paperwork for them, they're going to be able to fund your deals. And they will sit there going, they'll be excited about working with you. So that's feeling, intention for them. I want them to have the intention that they have to ask me for, for no documents. All the documents are available. Everything that they need to do their job is there. And I want the intention for them is I want them to sit there and go, holy moly, that person's got their stuff together. There's something to think about. Maybe what I want them to think about is uh, maybe I'm investing in another province. Maybe I'm investing in a different area, something that they're not familiar with. I want them to think about this area different. I actually want my mortgage broker to potentially get excited about the area that I'm investing in. Hey, shh, between you and me and the fence post. The mortgage broker might be a, a potential capital partner for you. They might really like what you got going on. They could be an intent, a, a potential capital partner. I want them to think differently about you, think differently as a real estate investor, think differently about an area, and then what is the execution? I want my file to be on the top of the pile. And when my file is on the top of the pile, it gets done first. And that's the feeling. That's the intention. That's what I want them to think about. And I want the action is I want my deal funded. And I want my file on the top of the pile. Okay, so that's a powerful framework. And whether you're dealing, like I said, with a mortgage broker, an investor, a realtor, your, your, your teenage sons and daughters and, and people you're working with, that is what you want them to feel, is you want them to feel what's in it for them, what do they want to think about, and what do they need to do from there. Okay, so that's a powerful framework that you want to do. So now here's one of the things that I want to share with you very, very quickly here is before you go in and present, here's a, here's a powerful thing is sometimes, you know, when you're, whenever you're setting up a production or a video or a, a movie or any of that kind of stuff, there's an awful lot of work that's done before and after the performance in between. Okay, the performance in between of let's sitting here, sitting here and recording this video, I'm probably going to be recording this video for probably about an hour. Before leading up to it was many hours, many days, lots of information, lots of uh, blood, sweat and tears, lots of research leading up to the pre 
before going. And then after I'm done, there's going to be an awful lot of things of editing and processing and uploading and writing copies. So there's a, a, a pre and a post, and then there's the pre presentation performance in between. Now, a very important step for you to think about here, here is, the, is the pre presentation. You want to have some qualification questions. What are some of those qualification questions you want people to deal with, right? I have an entire presentation about the qualification process, where it is an entire checklist of all the questions to ask and things like that. Um, I'll put a link around where you're watching this to that presentation. Like I said, remember, Oh, so much wine, oh, so little time, okay? There's another presentation with a checklist about how do you have the qualification conversation. Number one thing that I always want to walk away with, though, is I want to find out if I can help them. I need to have an expectation of if I can help them because if I can't help them, um, I don't want to waste their time. I really don't, okay? And I don't want to waste my time at the same time. So that's one of the quickly things that I determine is if I can help help them, okay? Then I need to know if all the decision makers are going to be present for the conversation because you know what? At the end of the conversation, we're going to have uh, steps to do. We're going to identify a clear path, things and action steps that you're going to take in this process. So you want to make sure that all the decision makers are present. And then here's the most important. I know I said there's a, something important about qualification. I need to know their big why. I need to know why they're interested in investing in real estate. I need to know what is their big why. Something bigger than money. Something grander than buying a property. Something that is a deep inner desire that they're wanting to fulfill, something that they want to accomplish within their life. I need to know that why, you know, between having uh, a list of questions to qualify, I need to determine if I can help them. I need to have all the decision makers and I must know their why. Once I have all those things present is then when I will start putting this presentation together for them and then we will meet and we'll have a, a, a conversation. Okay, so here's the presentation. Now, look what I did here. Their why, right? Their why presentation because it's always going to be about them. If you make the presentation about the audience, they have a greater chance of them moving forward because it's going to be all about them. You're going there to be of service. You're there to help. You're there to help them move forward with what's important for them. And that's the key thing that you want to do is always put into it is what's important for them. Okay. So step number one in this thing is you want to talk about why important. Now I'm going to break each of these down individually. Why important? Why real estate for them? right? Why the area that you're looking at is important for them. And then why the type of property that's important to them. So let's talk about the why, like the big why, right? Um, if you've already know that and you're very clear on it, I would reiterate it at the beginning. Okay. And now I, I use this example quite a bit. And this is just a, a conversation that I had with a potential joint venture partner. And although we have not done a deal yet, um, I use this as a, um, a frame that I look at when I have conversations with people. This uh, fellow, he he and his wife married for a while. They have five kids, owns a veterinarian business, a, a large animal veterinarian, specializes in dairy and bovine, pigs and cows. 
Um, and you can imagine how busy somebody with five kids, even of itself, is, plus also running a veterinarian practice and is the lead veterinarian in the business. He is the business. Um, working seven days a week, um, not a time, not a, a day off in, in sight, and he just wants to start going instead of being, he loves what he does, like 100% loves what he does. Um, but doesn't want to do it seven days a week. Like, honest to goodness, the times I've talked to this person, he's literally either been on the road driving to appointment or he's out been on the farm. So they're going, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm delivering a calf that's breech right now. And, uh, you know, can I call you back? And I could just imagine, I, I picture it, right? The phone up against here and things like this. And, and the you know, the glove, right? <sighs> Pulling the glove up to the shoulder, right? Because he had to put his hand into the, you know, what end of a cow to, in order to help uh, turn this cow, calf around in order to be able to deliver this, this calf. So I visualize that. I visualize that person that they are working seven days a week, that they're out there, can't even take a phone call, right? Five kids at home super crazy busy making really good money and doesn't you know loves what they do but they don't want to do it every day and they want to do it for the rest of their life they slowly want to get from seven days a week down to five down to maybe three maybe even down to two and maybe hire a few other people to do the business for them so that's what i visualize is i visualize why it's important for them then from there the next part of the presentation framework is i want to talk about why real estate you know at this time in the conversation usually what i'll do here is i usually will do a little time out and say oh, tell me about your experience of real estate have you bought a place before maybe the personal residence you're in what did you buy it for what's it worth now i get them to establish a positive experience that they've had within real estate okay i get them to establish that and then i start talking about why my market and usually how i talk about why my market that i'm investing in is usually i start it as the following i start it at that they are i what's the problem with your marketplace why aren't you investing yourself well i don't have time okay cool um, if you had your choice of investing in a market, which market would you pick? Well, you know, I'd like to invest close to home, but let's just say the person lives in British Columbia or Ontario. You know, I'd love to invest close to home, but geez louise, the prices just don't make sense. Man, a million dollars for a townhouse, and I'm probably only going to get, you know, $2,500, $2,600 rent out of it. You know, that, that's, a, that's another job. I have to have another job. And then what is some of the problems there? You're not getting cash flow. The prices are outrageous. Landlord and tenant laws, right? the um, um, land transfer taxes, the government of that province or whatever, whatever their promises, I just get them to vent, if you will. Tell me about why you're not wanting, you're not investing in that area now. Why aren't you investing there? Okay. Then what I would do is I'd share how the market I'm investing in helps eliminate those problems, right? How working with me will eliminate those properties. Then I get into the type of property that I'm investing in. I invest in new construction. It eliminates a lot of the problems. And I'm not going to get into that as well. The follow-up video to this one goes, goes a little bit more in depth into the why the new construction pr uh, process. And if you are interested in that, um, my YouTube channel, my podcast has got tons of information about why new construction properties. It is a breath of fresh air. Honest to goodness, I've been doing it for doing this business for 20 
some plus years now. And uh, it was a, a fundamental game changer. It was a life changer, to be honest, within my business of real estate of getting into new construction. It's a completely different ball game of, of that. And a new construction that cash flows Go figure. Not every market has that opportunity. Okay, so that's the first part of the framework. The second part of the framework is why the strategy that we're wanting to talk, why we want to partner together, why we would co-own this property together. Remember, you don't have time. You're, you know, glove on up to the up to the elbow, delivering breached calves, working seven days a week, five kids at home. You don't have the time to do this. I got the time to do this for you. Let's co-own a property together. We're going to take your capital, my expertise, we're going to match it together, and we're going to co-own a property together. Okay? Why you? When I say you, I'm talking about you. Why you? Why are you? What's your unique ability? What's so special about you? What? Why um, should they work with you? What's your expertise? What's the coaching you've done? What's the training? What are the associations that you belong to? Who are you to help them? What has been your track record? And even if you don't have a track record, you can re rely and borrow other people's track record. I belong to a community of real estate investors, and we're learning from some of the best of the best and the people within our community own billions of dollars and I had a moment's notice I have the phone number of an amazing couple people that I can get every question I ever want answered so there's lots of things that you can do on on that process even if you don't have the experience and then the last part of the framework you want to do is why now why it's important now right remember you told me and I'm just gonna go back to that example of that person remember Glove up to the elbow, hand up the cow's uh, business end, turning a breached calf to come out there. Uh, what's your plan in order to go from seven days a week down to three eventually? What is your plan, right? So really, you know, usually if they're talking to you, they probably don't have a plan. They don't, right? They're so busy in their business, so busy with their family, they don't have a plan. And really what you just tell them is now is the time for us to get in. And here's the reason why now is an amazing opportunity for you to get into the real estate market. Okay, so jumping forward into the next uh, slide here is here's the formula I'm going to give you. So it's quick, quick little timeout. So we've talked about some really powerful acronyms, talked about the FIRE acronym, the feeling, the intention, the reflect upon, the execution, okay? I talked about the why framework. I delivered eight powerful reasons why that you need to clearly communicate to another person for them to be part of the process. Now we're gonna talk about a formula, a formula of creating a presentation. And we're gonna do this by using another acronym. The acronym is CLEAR, C-L-E-A-R. Now, you guys want a little insider secret? Only if you promise not to tell anybody the secret that I'm about to share with you. Are you okay? Are you okay? Shh, shh. It's the secret. You want to know the reason why I use acronyms all the time in my presentations now? And you want to know? You really want to know? Well, what I the reason why I do it is a couplefold. Number one is so I can remember it. Okay. The other is the acronym can deepen the message. And then people, the most importantly, the audience will remember the acronyms. Honest to goodness. So so far I've talked about two acronyms and I've given you I've given you probably in within the first 25 minutes of this video I've given you you know tons of fire I've delivered a whole bunch of fire and I've delivered a multiple a multitude of bombs being dropped all at the same time Woo -wee. 
it's getting thick in here with all the bombs and knowledge bombs. And I guarantee as good as I am and as passionate as I am, as, as much with presentation gusto I'm delivering this, you're not going to remember everything. You aren't. Heck, some days I don't even remember everything and I delivered it and I put it all together. Okay. But what you will remember is probably two acronyms. You will remember the FIRE acronym, feeling, intention, reflect upon, and execution. And you will remember the CLEAR acronym. Okay. And I will walk you through that very shortly here. Okay. So let's talk about the CLEAR formula. Let's get over here. Let's do this. So for a compelling presentation, what you need to do is there are five steps to a, comp a compelling presentation, something that helps people move forward with velocity of you doing what's right for them. Okay, so step number one in the clear formula is you will need some curiosity. You need to generate some interest. The person needs to be uh, interested in what you're talking about. Now, here's a couple things is number one is you will not be able to teach everything you know. You know, as much as I, as good as I am of a teacher, there's no way I can teach everything I know to you in, in an hour. There's no way I can teach everything I know to, to you in a day. There's probably no way I can probably teach everything I know to you in a week. It's going to take a process and there's going to be years. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to deliver a very compelling presentation with a promise here today. Always remember, have I, have I mentioned this a few times, right? Are, are you maybe getting the sense that the most important thing that you need to take away from this presentation is always make it about them? That is the most important part of this presentation. So have I, have I mentioned that a few times? right? You want to make sure that you deliver the most important part of it is it's always got to be about them. And then you also want to engage people. You want audience momentum. You want to keep them moving forward. Now, you and I are having a conversation through a camera and through YouTube and through a web page. Um, if this was live, I'd be interacting. I'd be coming up and I'd touch someone on the shoulder. I would have a conversation one-on-one -on -one with somebody in the front row and a conversation with Alistair over here, a conversation with Ruben over over here, conversation with Tom and a conversation with Joan and a conversation with Elaine. I'd have like, I would engage. I would land on you. I would specifically look you in the eye. Now I know this is getting really kind of creepy. It's Russ, you're looking me in the eye. This is really kind of creepy. What the heck are you doing? But I would make a connection. It's called landing. You land on a person right? You land on them, you make them feel comfortable, you make them feel at home. Now, I'm doing a lot of this stuff at with you right now, even though we're doing it via YouTube. What I'm doing with you is I'm asking you to type a comment below. I'm asking you to pull out your camera, pull out your camera on this side, take a picture, selfie, post it somewhere. I'm getting momentum for you because the key thing about audience momentum and presentation momentum is you ask for some small asks up front, a few small things up front to just get them to do a few things. You know, raise your hand, type below, take a selfie, pull your phone out. You ask for some simple things. Everybody can do that because eventually towards the end, you might ask for a big ask. There might be a big ask towards the end. You know, subscribe to my podcast, subscribe to my YouTube channel, leave your email address below, content, you know, maybe here's an opportunity. I need, we need to have a decision. There really is only three of these left. And you know what? I have five more presentations that I'm delivering this week and I'm giving you the first opportunity. A real life decision has to be made. Okay. So that's one of the things that you want to keep doing there is you have engage and you have audience momentum. And I firmly believe 
Some people, when they deliver presentations, sit there and go, oh, I need to deliver everything. Blah, I got to give them everything I know on this. No, you don't have to deliver every single thing you know. You actually have to deliver what's important to them. And a key fundamental, and this is maybe a key fundamental I had in my uh, my dating life growing up, was keep them wanting more. You always want to have them keeping wanting more. And more important then the keeping wanting more part is that they make it all about their idea. Okay. Now that's one of the key things is uh, an amazing presenter who's presenting an opportunity at the end. And you can sense it when you're having a conversation with somebody and they are nodding their head and they're starting to see themselves. Wow, that's a good looking property. I like that, man. I could see myself in that. Holy moly, only a hundred thousand dollar investment in that. Jeez Louise, you know, only a half a million dollars to buy a brand new suited house. Jeez, that's that same price property out here is like 1.5 million or more. They, it's now becoming their idea. Okay. That's one of the key things that you want to do. You always want to do this is eventually make it become their idea. Now I'm going to talk for a second here to maybe spouses. If you are married um, and I, this happens all the time, right? My wife would sit there and come up with an idea. Well, let's go see Top Gun. Well, you know, I got to cut the grass, got to do this, got to do all that. You know, all these things, ah, man, I got to do all that. And all of a sudden I start sitting back and think about it. Yeah. Top Gun. Hmm. Haven't been to a movie in a while, right? Yeah. Top Gun. Man, I remember the soundtrack and that, the feeling in the seats of just everything, that things like that. And then eventually about two hours later, it's just like, you know what? I want to go see Top Gun. Let's go. Right. And then all of a sudden it's my idea. And then all of a sudden Kareen's sitting there going, yeah, geez, great idea, Russ. <laughs> right. So, so make sure you eventually position it as you want your person you're presenting to. It eventually has to become their idea. All right. So that's uh, with there. So the first part is the curiosity. The second part is uh, of the clear formula is legendary, right? You want to make the, the presentation legendary. Now, this is a fancy way of basically just saying is being able to tell a good story. That's it's just really a, a fancy way of doing that is eventually you want to do is you want to be able to tell a really, really good story. Now, power of story for, for many of you is think about a presentation that you you once went to. The ones that are the most memorable are probably, you know, they didn't teach you a whole bunch of things, although it was impactful, it was transformational, it moved you, it gave you a feeling, and there was an intention, there was a ref something to think about, and actually you did something because of it. It was probably because they told some amazing stories. Something that resonated with within you is they tell the stories. Now remember, facts tell stories, sell, study story, Be practice it, practice story until it becomes a reflex uh, with, with what you're doing. Now, a couple resources, one of my favorite resources of the power of story is um, the, all the works of Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell, um, Hero's Journey. And once you study story and you study the arc of story, the story arc. Once you study the works of Joseph Campbell, you will recognize that story throughout 
all the good movies you say, all the good books that you read, all the good presentations that impact you, how the hero was ordinary, they got called to a, a greater quest, they ran into a good mentor, the mentor taught them some secret things, they gave them some magic beans, i.e. Jack and the Beanstalk. There was an enemy in there and you had to fight the common enemy. And then all of a sudden the hero in the journey had to slay the dragon, had to overcome their fear, had to transform themselves. And then when they came back to where they started, they were a changed person. They were brand new. They had a transformation of that. What I just described to you very, very quickly is a, a hero's journey arc. And if you can start building out that kind of an arc throughout your presentations, throughout your stories, you will have people start leaning in. They'll sit there and go, wow. Yeah, tell me more. Tell me more about this. I want to hear more about all this presentation stuff that you're delivering. Okay. And eventually, over time and practice, like anything, you will find your voice. Now, here's a formula. Um, if that hero's journey is too much, I think there's seven steps in the, in the hero's journey formula. If you think about it, if you want to tell a, a good story and tell it quickly, think about this. Ordinary, extraordinary, transformation. Those are the three elements of an amazing story is how it started out ordinary, how there was an extraordinary result, and what was the transformation in there. Okay, so what I'm going to do, story time here for you. Let me give you an example. Um, I remember, like it was yesterday, my first ever presentation. Um, my first ever presentation was... Um, and it happened completely by accident, and it happened by I wasn't fully prepared. I was in, you know, I'm from small town Saskatchewan, you know, Guernsey, Guernsey, Saskatchewan, population 247 people. You had to have a dog or a cat in order, and then you'd have somebody to play with, right? Small town, but wonderful small town. You were just in the spring, you were out there building rafts and going out and frogging and riding your bike until the till the uh, the sun goes down and mom's yelling out the window, Russell, dinner, you know, small town stuff, like just the simple, simple life. And I remember it was like yesterday, I was in grade six. Hey, I was in, in uh, Guernsey Elementary School and I was skipping down the hallway, not a care in the world, right? Grade six. And I was singing a song, actually. You know, I had a song. I had a song. I just wanted to blurt it out. Okay. And I was singing it. And then all of a sudden, the grade eight teacher came out, Mr. Steckley, Russell, what are you doing? Why are you making all that racket? And I'm just going, oh, uh, I don't know. He's like, get in here, get into my room, into the grade eight classroom, you know, 15 kids in the grade eight classroom. But you know, the, the thing at that time, my sister was in grade eight, oh, being hauled in front of the grade eights at that time. I was in grade six, being hauled in front of the grade eights. And Mr. Steckley goes, you're making so much noise and you sound like you got a songbird. You're a songbird. Sing that song for this entire room right now. Uh, I, I absolutely froze and I wish that was the best part of the process is that I froze. I actually physically wet my pants. I peed my pants in front of the grade eight classroom. Now, I don't know if they knew or they could tell, um, but I... I did, and I knew that I wet myself in front of that uh, room 
of doing that. And that actually just killed my spirit for a long time, killed my spirit of being able to want to deliver a presentation, killed my spirit to be able to put it out in front of other people of showing something I was happy about, killed my spirit for many, many years. Um, Not until I started to get into uh, probably the corporate world after university, and I started finding a little bit of a swag, I would go to conferences. I would go to real estate events. I would go to these events that many of you go to as well. And when you go to those events, when you look around, you sit there, go, you know, I want to introduce myself to the players. Who are the players? Who are the experts in this room? And normally what you would see is the person probably standing on stage delivering a presentation would be one of the experts. Or on the break, you'll sit there and you see it all the time. There's one person in the middle and they're surrounded by a whole bunch of people and that one person's talking and telling stories and all these other people you sit there and they go they're leaning in and they're listening and they're intently listening to every word that that one person whether they were on stage or within the center of a group of people were the players and so I decided at that time I needed to learn how to be able to present I needed to learn how to tell a good story I needed to learn how to be a better communicator I need to get over my introvertedness and my shyness and at that point that was about 20 years ago now I made it a personal mission to become one of the best of the best in presentations, one of the best of the best, one of the most powerful presenters out there. And now here's the thing is I'm not gifted with like most amazing presenters are. I'm not gifted with six foot two height, full head of hair, you know, slick coats and just looking just polished and stuff like that. I'm the hardworking. I'm the hardworking presenter. I'm the one that's going to get up there and I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to sweat and I'm going to give everything I got to make sure I'm like the every person's presenter. Okay. So I studied it and I obsessed about it and I practiced it and I watched as many people as I possibly could. And I took the bad, took the good, threw out the bad stuff that worked and I just tried it on. And here's the thing. 20 some years later, I have now delivered over 1100 presentations. And even to the point about three years ago, before live events got shut down, I had an opportunity of sharing a stage with almost 2000 people in the audience on the same stage as Grant Cardone. So from a kid that was peed his pants when he was 12 years old to eventually getting onto a stage in front of 2,000 people, that is a huge transformation. Okay, time out. I just told you a story. Now, I went a little longer in that one. I wanted to really play it up and stuff like that. But for you, ordinary, extraordinary transformation. What was the ordinary? Small town boy from Saskatchewan, peed his pants, right? Ordinary, extraordinary, 2,000 people on stage, Grant Cardone presenting in front of people. What was the transformation? I had to transform myself. I had to study. I had to become the expert. I became obsessed with that. Now, you can take that same formula into how you got investing in real estate. You can take that same formula into why you are now investing into this marketplace. You can take the same uh, formula of why you're here to help others succeed in their real estate investing ventures as well. Okay, so that's the the first step there. Second one is legendary, to be able to tell a good story. So remember, the clear formula, C was curiosity, 
L was legendary, tell a good story. The E in the clear formula, I'll go through a couple of these a little quicker here, is energy and emotion. You need to bring the energy. Remember, you gotta start bringing the fire, right? Woo, right? This is what we gotta do is we gotta bring some energy to the trans, and you know what? Oh, what the heck? Anytime a flame comes on, what are we gonna do? We gotta drop a bomb or two as well. You gotta bring some emotion. Now, I'm sitting here visualizing right now. I'm in my office. There's not another person here. I got my snoring, farting dog Scooby behind me, if you will. So there's two of us in here. I'm visualizing you're at home right now and you're probably sitting there with earbuds in and you got your phone out and you're sitting there and, and you're watching this in a, uh, you're, 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 you're partially paying attention. You got notifications coming on. You're, you know, you, you've got other things on the go and you're not really feeling it right now. And that's potentially your partner, your investment partners. They're maybe watching a presentation or not feeling it. That's why I'm bringing the energy for you. That's why I'm bringing the emotion to this. I'm fired up. I am truly fired up and I'm ready to rock and roll here. Okay, so that's what you wanna do is you want to visualize that you're bringing the energy to, to your partners here. So think about it from the standpoint, a power plant, nuclear, Site C, power plant, uh, coal-fired, whatever the type of power plant. A power plant does not have energy. It has to create the energy. That's what you have to do as well, is you have to create the energy in order to bring it to your partners, in order to bring it to your investors, in order to bring it to their presentation. You have to create it. You must generate it and have the power first. Then from there, you want to get out there and share that passion with other people. It is one of the most important elements. Now, here's a fun thing, then, a fun study that I recently read. And it was um, the following. Bees, right? You know, I'm time of recording this. It's early summer. Um, you'll see lots of the flowers coming out and you see lots of uh, bees everywhere. How does a bee know which plant to go and pollinate? Which one to get the pollination to then take to turn into honey? Um, the study that was shown was the, the flowers generate an energy and they put an energy out when they're ready and they have pollen that the bees then are attracted to that energy to get the pollen to take it back to the hive to make the honey. So think about it from a standpoint. You're the flower, right? Your job is to put out energy into the world to attract the bees to it to then pollinate that together to create honey. That is your job as to create the energy of the wonderful flowers out there as well. Okay, so remember, we talked about communication. We talked about legendary, telling a good story. We talked about energy and emotion. Now the A in the clear formula is we're gonna talk about action. So out of this, when somebody, you deliver a presentation, there needs to be something, a transformation. Something needs to happen at the end of this. And you're gonna potentially ask for an order. Ooh, scary stuff, right? Everybody's sitting there going, oh no, Russ, I don't ever wanna ask for an order. It's just like, boo. Oop, wrong, wrong sound effect, this one here. You're sitting there, boo, Russ, I don't ever wanna do that, right? Is ask for an order, man, I'm Canadian. We don't ask for orders, right? So here's the key thing of doing is, and a wonderful book to read on this 
is, and I'm looking over at my bookcase because has never split the difference by Chris Voss. Just over here. Wonderful book if you ever want to read a good book on negotiation. And the key premise of that is asking what questions and how questions. At the end of the presentation, one of my favorite questions to ask is, so what do you think about this? How would you like to proceed going forward? What are the next steps that are right for you? What and how questions. I want to put it back to them for them to tell me what the next steps are. Them to tell myself what they're thinking about. Them to tell me and solve the problem of what are we doing next? How are we planning to proceed? What would you like to do from here? And then I get, I listen, I shut up and I just listen to them talk and I listen to them share what they thought about the presentation. And I just ask lots of what and how questions to eventually get them to potentially make an answer, right? I'm going to eventually ask for an order. Is this something that you would like to get involved with? If something is not 100% and they're humming and hawing, so what's missing here for you? Another what question. How would you how would you proceed? How do you how would you like to move forward to take the next steps? Right? You know, if somebody says, well, I'm just not sure about this. Well, okay. Hang on a second. Uh, on a scale from one to ten, what would you give this uh, investment opportunity rating? You know, let's say they come back and say six. <sighs> Ooh, six. What would have to happen in order for this to be a 10 for you? And then I'm going to shut up and listen. I'm going to let them tell me what they need to see there. And then what I'm going to determine at that time is I'm going to answer the question for myself is, can I fulfill their expectations? Can I fulfill it? If I can't, then I'd be honest and I will be honest and say, I don't know if I can fulfill your expectations. Um, your expectation is just something I can't deliver. No problem. What's your plan? And then let's just say we get to a point where we're just, you know, this is an entire other conversation. And I don't mean, didn't mean to go this way, but we'll go this way. Let's go down this direction. I can easily pivot here. If they're not interested in moving forward, totally fine. Remember, my intention is to help you move forward as an investor. That's my intention. Um, I will then frame it back to things that they've told me about how they want to, their great big why. Remember, let's go back to um, the person who owns the veterinary clinic. Remember? Glove up to arm, turning calf inside the business end of a cow, you know, talking on the phone, you know, with the five kids and just have no time. And they're seven days a week and they're looking to get down to three days. I'll come back to that conversation of, so if this isn't right for you, no problem. That's my, my attachment is to do what's right for you. What's your plan? And then I'll listen to them because I'm a viable opportunity. I'm a viable, uh, I'm a bridge to help them get from phone here, glove up to here, turning a breached cow down to three days a week, eventually over time. I'm that bridge. Okay. So if I start going away and I'm no longer that bridge, what's their plan? And those are just some of the questions that I will always ask and I will always help people. And then here's the final thing is at this time is I will clearly define next steps. First of all, I'll ask them what do they think the next steps are from here. Okay. But then what I'll also do is I'll clearly define what the next steps are from here. And in the follow-up presentation to this, there's eight. There's an eight-step presentation. Each of them are very, very simple. And there's celebration in there. There's more, more uh, steps from there. There's qualification, down payment. I talk about what the next steps are. Okay. Clearly define those next steps. And then in the clear formula, 
right? One more time. Let's let's go back to remembering this. Remember, the C stood for curiosity. The L was for legendary, tell a good story. The E was for energy and, and emotion. A was for action. What's the action you need to take after that? And then R comes down to is what is the result? What is the result from your presentation? How do you analyze this? How do you move forward? How do you deliver it better next time? What do you do? How, you know, how do you sharpen your saw to make this a better presentation for the next time that you deliver it. Okay, so here's a couple things. I will always analyze my performance. Like like I said, the very beginning. I delivered this in front of a room full of people. I was not happy with the presentation I did. I was sorry. I had a healthy dissatisfaction. I knew I could have did better. There were stories that I didn't tell. I didn't do a good good enough job of setting up the pre-meeting. Um, I didn't do a good enough job of, I got, I let some technical challenges uh, derail me of clicker problems and Zoom problems. I let that derail me a little bit. I wasn't 100% on my game. I was being honest. That's why I'm sitting down in front of this camera right now in the studio and delivering it again because I'm going to do better this time. Each and every time, I will always ask for feedback, no different than when you present to a potential investment partner, you're gonna ask them for feedback. What is missing? What could be done differently? What are you looking for? I will keep doing the reps, I will keep improving, and then always follow up. Always, the most important part of this is in the follow-up. If you build out, if you become a better person at following up on all the presentations, all the content, and just keep um, being consistently consistent with your follow-up, the people that might not be right now are just probably, the people that might say no are just no, not right now. But eventually down the road, they could be. Now, at the live event, I told two stories. One was my longest cycle from first contact to, to um, deal with seven years. Um, I had a, then told a wonderful story about uh, an investor I know out in Edmonton, Terry Peranich, fantastic um, investor. He's uh, he. You think I'm bringing some energy in a presentation? Holy moly! When he gets cranking away, I, I'm like um, I'm like. Uh, a church mouse compared to what Terry gets cranking on stage. He, he, he owns probably, and I don't know the exact number, but at the time when I was, when we remember doing this, he probably had about a hundred, he probably has about 150 to 170 free and clear places, free and clear, free and clear properties. Now, what does a free and clear property mean? Cash flow, right? Um, just imagine if you got to that point within your portfolio, let's say you have eight places. Right. Just imagine if you had a free and clear portfolio and the interest rates were going up. What would be your concern about interest rates going up and you have a free and clear portfolio? Eh, I don't have a concern about that. But what I do probably mean is rents are going to go up if interest rates are going up. Right. So probably going to get a little bit more cash flow. OK, so there's lots of things that you can do from there. So here's the thing is the point I was trying to say is when Terry told us, he told this story about. Um, oh, yeah, that's what I was trying to get to. So look at me. I've completely gaffed on telling a good story. So the story was that he has a list of his properties that he likes to buy, okay? He likes apartment buildings in certain areas of town, smaller apartment buildings, like less than 12 units, typically, okay? And he has a list of all these apartment buildings. He just knows them all. He knows the owners. And every year, he'll pick up the telephone. He'll pick up the phone and he will call them every year. Hey, hey, Nestor, it's Terry. Are you interested in selling your place? No, Terry, not yet. I'm not interested yet. No problem. Call you next year. Boom. 
hang up. Next year, like clockwork, he'd call him again. And he told a story one time, it was 12 years. 12 years of calling the person every single year. Eventually, Nestor sold him the property. So always be following up. Absolutely critical is the follow-up. All right, now here's the last thing I want to leave you with. I'm going to leave you with a, a little bit of a, a fable, a little story. Now on the screen right now, you can see a picture of some carrots, you see a picture of some eggs, and you see a picture of some coffee beans with the question of which one are you? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? And some of you are really going, Russell, you know, you had me up to this time. I think you've lost your rocker. You're at 53 some odd minutes in this presentation, and you finally have lost me. You know, what are you talking about? A carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? Okay, here's the story. There was this um, young man, let's call him mid-20s, right? He was disillusioned in, his, in his, uh, what he's doing in his, the housing market. He wants to move out on his own, okay? And he's sitting there looking around. He goes, geez, Louise, you know, houses are a million dollars for a townhouse. How am I ever going to be able to buy a place? How am I going to be able to afford a place? You know, I'm having trouble with, at, at my job. You know, the boss, don't, boss man don't like me. You know, my girlfriend and I were having some rocky situations. Just... Lots of stuff going on, lots of, lots of challenges, lots of turbulence and hot water in his life. So he had this conversation one night with his mom and mom sat there and looked at, uh, looked at her son and said, you know, let's, let's do me a favor. Go do me a favor. Go to the, to the pantry and grab three pots. Okay. Take those three pots, fill them each with some water and put those pots on the stove. Okay. They're full of water, three pots, and what you're going to do is you're going to turn them all on and you're going to bring them to a boil. You're going to get some turbulence to the water. You're going to bring that water to a boil. Okay, now run into the fridge over here. Go grab three things for me. Grab some carrots, grab some eggs, some raw eggs, and grab some coffee beans for me. And in the canister beside the beside the um, beside the the curage, there's some ground coffee bean. There's some ground coffee there. So grab those. Okay, the son's going, Mom, what the heck are you talking about? Don't you remember? You know, job's going terrible, can't afford a house, girlfriend and I are on the rocks. What, what, what does all this have to do with anything? Because mom said, just, son, just listen to me. Just go do that. Let's have a wonderful conversation. Okay, so they prep the carrots. They put some carrots into the boiling water. They then, in the second pot, they put the raw eggs in. And then in the third pot, they put the coffee. Okay, and then they wait. They wait five minutes. They wait seven minutes. They wait ten minutes for everything to kind of go, okay, now let's turn off the boiling hot water. Let's take away the turbulence. Now, during that turbulent time, let's pull the carrots out. What do you notice, son? What do you mean, what do I notice, mom? This is just, I notice you've, you're, you're crazy, mom. That's what I notice. No, humor me. The carrots, when, they, when you first put them in, what were they? Well, they were really firm and hard. Okay, you put them into the turbulence, the boiling water. What are they now? Oh, they're mushy. Oh, I can squeeze them in the fork. They're, they're squishy. So they went into the water hard and they came out soft. Okay, no problem. What, the next, when you put the eggs in, um, remember that one you dropped? Oh yeah, dang. Sorry, mom, don't remind me of that. It, what was inside of it? Oh, it was a raw egg. It was soft. So you put the egg in vulnerable and it had a, you know, its shell was fairly fragile. You put it in hard or soft and when it came out, now tell me, the, what's the egg? Crack it open. Oh, it's hard-boiled inside. No, no problem. So in the second pot, the eggs went in soft and came out hard. So they went into a turbulent time. They went in soft and they came out hard. Okay, the next pot, what do you see? I see coffee. Oh, 
let's have a cup of coffee. They pour a cup of coffee. Now, you took a boiling pot of water and you put ground coffee beans into the water. What did the coffee beans do? It transformed the situation. It transformed the turbulence. It transformed the environment into something delicious. And for any of you, if you've ever had a long night and you needed to get a jolt of some caffeine in the morning, you love your cup of coffee. So in any situation that you go through, of any turbulence, you can go in hard, come out soft. You can go in soft, come out hard hardened, bitter, or you can go in um, as a coffee bean and you can transform the environment. So which one are you? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I surmise that each and every one of you, no matter how much turbulence you have, no matter how stressed you feel about what market conditions are, no matter how freaked out you are about presenting a piece of real estate deal to another person, no matter how you feel about any of those things, be a coffee bean where you will transform every environment you ever get into. So what did you think? Did you take away some uh, key nuggets? Did uh, some uh, did the fire go off a few times? There were some bombs dropped for you as well out there. So, gang, uh, I'm going to keep the end of this very tight. Uh, I, and I don't know. I, I hope everybody listens right through to the very end. I try to add value at the very beginning. I try to add value in the intro. There's definitely value in the meat and potatoes of the, of the, uh, of the episode. And then I also like deliver a little value here at the end as well. But today I'm going to keep this one really tight. And the really tight message I want to share with you is just a heartfelt thank you. A heartfelt thank you for taking the time to listen to something like this, taking the time to share this with somebody else, but most importantly, taking the time to learn this and implement something into your day-to-day activity, into your business, into your life. If you just spent an hour and say 10, 15 minutes just passively listening to this and not actually going to do anything with it, you might as well have you know, sorry to be blunt, you might as well have spent your time doing something else. That is why these tools, that is why these resources are put together for you to not just be entertained, to listen, to learn, to be inspired, but do something with what you're hearing. If you don't do anything with it, it'll be truly wasted. Okay, gang? And the final thing I want to leave you off here with is remember, in every interaction you have with another person, Always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.